0: Welcome to PwC IFRS Talks, your source for all things IFRS, technical accounting matters, business issues, current standard setting, and regulatory updates. I'm your host, Andrea Pride. And for today's podcast, we have the pleasure of hearing from Henry Daubeny, PwC's Global Chief Accountant. Welcome, Henry.
1: Hi, Andrea. I'm delighted to be here and look forward to this discussion.
0: Great. So Henry, sustainability and ESG have been really hot topics over the last few months and there seems to be a lot of activity going on from standard setters, regulators, audit firms, even governments on these topics. And in particular, there's been quite a lot of interest from the investor community about how financial reporting reflects the risks relating to ESG matters in financial statements, as well as whether there is a need for a globally standardised approach to sustainability reporting. So Henry, could you first tell us about what you understand by sustainability and ESG, how sustainability and ESG is reflected in financial reporting already and what gaps are being found by investors and other stakeholders?
1: Uh, an awful lot to colour there, Andrew, but yes, now happy to uh, work through those. I think perhaps if I start a little bit of the context to, to why people care about ESG or sustainability reporting, and I think it's a recognition that the old notion of a company being solely there to be a profit driver is is no longer the case. It, it is much more
0: important
1: role in its impact on society, how it treats its employees, its customers and the impact it has on society. As a result, people are starting to look at other factors beyond purely profit To evaluate the value of a company and and so sort of sustainability or the E for the the environment impact, S even for the social impact and G for how they are governed and and, and the way the organisations conduct themselves are, are really important. Uh, i think as you know probably better than i do ifrs is primarily focused around the profit and loss so the financial reporting uh, at the balance sheet the cash flows and obviously the notes supporting that while clearly there are a number of other factors that are impacting the value of the company that aren't directly feeding into the profit and loss. And so this is why there is that that debate that you've articulated, Andrew, that is leading to uh, a demand for more information around additional factors that can impact the value of the company. Having said that, clearly there are certain reported items that current climate or, or other um, sustainability areas can impact. Clearly, if one's looking at impairment and, and if one looks particularly in the oil and gas industry, uh, at some big players there have looked at the long-term value of some of their assets and the future prices of oil or gas and have assessed those using what is known as a Paris Accord. Uh, price rather than the market price and as a result we've seen some material impairments. So, so clearly there are judgments that impact the current financial reporting but there are other areas that uh, investors and stakeholders care about that impact what we call enterprise value that aren't necessarily reflected directly in the financial statements as required by IFRS.
0: Thank you. So that's where the sustainability reporting comes in, then, that things are not financial reporting. Where are the gaps there for investors and other stakeholders? Because I'm sure there's a lot of information out there at the moment about those other impacts as well.
1: I I think that's a a very good question. And interestingly, when... uh, We have met with some of the investor groups, they will say that actually 80 or 90% of the information that they use to judge a company on comes from the non-financial information rather than the financial information. Uh, and part of that is is what one sees in Twitter and social media. It's what how, how customers provide feedbacks on company uh, and how employees do. Clearly, the UN development goals are an area that that is a particular focus, and one could look at greenhouse gases emissions as clearly a numerical area that they would look to, but clearly doesn't directly impact financial reporting. Other areas that people are getting focused on, particularly if one looks at over the last year, are diversity and inclusion and the statistics around that. And also gender pay gap is another example of something that is uh, not directly driving profit and loss, but is is something that uh, stakeholders and investors care about in organisation.
0: So there's a huge range of different initiatives in all of these non- non-financial reporting areas. I think there's something like over 230 across a number of sectors, uh, possibly more. And so maybe it's unsurprising that some see a need to improve consistency and comparability in some of that reporting. Well, let's, let's, what's the burning platform? What's the risk if nothing changes? And related to that, who's there for driving the call for improvements um, to the situation? And then perhaps what's being done?
1: I think two or three questions there, Andrew. I think as you've identified, there are a whole variety of different metrics, standards and, and benchmarks that people have produced, which is in reality, there have been a, a number of niche players and there's not been the consistent message that, that we need numbers that are comparable. So, So I think there are two key drivers One, there is a a demand for consistent comparable numbers um, and and disclosures. And on the other side, there's there's a concern that uh, organizations are greenwashing, which is they're cherry-picking those that best present the information that they're wanting. So clearly, those are the two issues. I I think the securities regulators and and an organisation called IOSCO, who is the combination, the global combination of securities regulators, uh, recognise that um, this can lead to misleading reporting, and they have taken a significant effort in driving this forward, Uh, and they are working with and promoting the. IFRS foundation solution. And the good news, if you look at people who are involved in that, it is is the SEC, it is ESMA, it's the uh, FRC in the UK and other major securities regulators behind that. So there's a significant drive to come up with a a single set of consistent standards that will set a a base that everybody can, can be compared against but also will eliminate greenwashing and people cherry-pitting those that present their results in in the best light possible.
0: Yeah, so you've talked about the, um, the drive from IOSCO and other regulators for the IFRS Foundation Sustainability Initiative. Why the IFRS Foundation?
1: I think again, an excellent question. Why, why the IFRS Foundation? Why would they want to get into an area that is is different from their home base, which is setting uh, standards for accounting? Uh, I think there's two two clear reasons. One, I think they have a very high reputational brand in in the uh, the IFRS, so there is respect globally, and, and there is nothing currently. Uh, within all of those bodies that currently issue ESG standards, frameworks, metrics, so I think I think that strength of the brand is is clearly one thing. I think the second thing is their core is standard setting. And and actually what you need is standard setting. So a a lot of the constitution, a lot of the experience of the organization that that, that already exists is standard setting. Uh, And also there is going to be a relationship between what is the financial reporting and what will be the sustainability reporting, so uh, but those aren't islands that, that that don't meet, there is there is going to be overlap and interconnectivity uh, and so bringing the expertise that, that the IFRS Foundation and the ISB have to this, this area is without doubt uh, the, the right solution.
0: Okay. And so the IFRS Foundation is currently consulting on targeted amendments to their constitution, so that they could accommodate International Sustainability Standards Board to set these sustainability standards, and um, which could achieve the, the result that you're you're describing. How do you see the relationship between sustainability reporting and financial reporting in the future? Do you think that this, given that the, uh, 90% of what investors look like is non-financial, will uh, sustainability Render financial reporting obsolete
1: I think absolutely not, because if I go back to where the where the the analysts were at, that clearly the financial reporting is is the foundation, is the base that, that they do their analysis from what they're trying to find currently is other data that correlates to that, so that that helps them understand what impacts enterprise value um so so i think there is definitely a, an interrelationship between the financial reporting and what the uh SSB will will look to do when when and it comes into existence and I, I think that clearly i think as we discussed earlier enterprise value is is not just Profit. It is. It is the, the the impact that a corporate has in society. So the the two are are without doubt related. And I think putting those under the umbrella of the IFRS Foundation is 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 a very positive step.
0: Great. Thank you. So standards are all very well, um, but they're only one part of it all. So could you tell us a little bit about the role of assurance in all of this?
1: Absolutely, the, the the message that the we are hearing and, and the IWSB are hearing is they want data that is consistent but is also trusted data. Uh, and the mechanisms by which the users of that information can get the trust is is by getting a a, a highly reputable organization with a relevant experience to provide. Uh, assurance over that data that gives its credibility both from the uh, reporters' perspective but also from the users' perspective. Uh, I think underpinning clearly the financial reporting is is the audit opinion and I think there is a, a lot of demand for this over the sustainability data. Uh, to be honest, many companies issue sustainability reports and, and and many of those receive assurance currently. So I think the the, the creating of this single set of standards and, and requiring assurance on those is is uh something that the uh, the market is looking for and demanding and is really important to make sure this the, the information is quality. I think the other element that it provides is is to avoid or at least highlight where greenwashing is occurring, where people are claiming to uh, have uh, ESG credentials that are not reflected in the real behaviours and performance of uh, the organisation.
0: And I think that brings me to my last question, Henry. You've talked quite a bit about trust and in a changing world. These are clearly important in the whole sustainability discussion could you tell us a bit about how esg sustainability reporting trust and change all fits into the new equation for pwc
1: absolutely andrew i mean clearly as, as i said at the outset you know, the role of of the corporation or, or a partnership in the sense of pwc is much more than its pnl its impact on on society and, and how it helps society evolve and Purely from PwC's purpose, you know, is is to help uh, solve complex societal problems and, and build trust around those, and, and actually being there to help companies across the whole remit in in thinking through its strategy from a. An ESG perspective to turn that into the operations and, and transforming its business model to the sustainable sustainable business model, uh, and then ultimately, as we've been talking about, how does one report the metrics to demonstrate the achievement that, that one has in in delivering that strategy, uh, and ultimately, the the assurance that gets provided across that is is core to. Uh, helping uh, our clients uh, achieve their goals of, of being a sustainable organization uh, and contributing to uh, the needs of society.
0: So there's a little bit of put and own in before we help others as well, I think, in there.
1: Clearly, we have to live the story, absolutely. We have our own sustainability reports, we have made our own sustainability commitments. Our firm has signed up to the IBC metrics and committed to be net zero by 2030 globally. We have to live and breathe this. You're right, Andrea.
0: Thanks, Henry. So I think that's been a very interesting discussion. Thank you for sharing your thoughts with us. Um, and thanks for joining me in this podcast. And thank you too to all our listeners. Just to say that we are coming close to um, a pause in IFRS talks in the summer. I think we might have one more after this one, and then we'll take a summer recess before being back in the autumn. So, in the meantime, please stay safe and happy accounting. The preceding programme was brought to you by Price Waterhouse Coopers LLP. This content is for general information purposes and is not a substitute for consultation with professional advisors.